0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Somebody does homework and says, can I get right to the edge of obnoxiousness but pull back? Yes. Listen. It's this. a boarding school creative writing elective is what it is. <laughs> Tremendous. Now, this hunting jacket is really ugly. You have to believe me. It's rich in many, many colors. Yeah. It's really ugly. Here's what they write. If you spend much time at the Woody Creek Tavern in Aspen in the 80s, you probably got a decent look at this coat. How do you even start that way? This is General George Washington, and you're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. So we have a couple of emails that I wanted to get to early in my new mode of getting to emails early. One is from JS in New York City. He writes, I appreciate the courage you had to have a frank discussion about the transgender swimmer issue. Getting firsthand insight from both the parent and the swimmer's point of view was appreciated. I followed Brooks Updates, and journey to the Olympics from your visits with Pat. Well done, and really glad you went down that path. It's one of the best segments I've heard on your show. So that's very, very nice. Pat Forty was great, yes. and, and Brooke Forty, in absentia, but Pat quoting her, was great. So I'm, I, am, I am glad as well that we did that in full, and not some little one-and-a-half-minute hit. I don't want to do that on the PTI show. Right. I do think long form like this, you can do it. Also from Brett Boyle in St. Louis. I, too, thought for years that Carly Simon was singing grounds in my coffee. For one simple reason. It makes more sense than clouds in my coffee, which is exactly how I felt. Like you, my son turned me on to a French press, which took time to get right. And like you, I had grounds in my coffee, never clouds. Seriously, clouds? If that's what Carly meant, she needs to explain that. And concerning your grounds in your coffee, could it be your coffee has been ground too fine? French press coffee needs to be ground very coarse coarse so as to be trapped... By the screen, just a thought. What is the coffee we have? It's fabulous. So this is from
2: Oren, the roastery, roastery, the roaster in New La York roastery. City, and they actually let you order the the type of ground that you want. The the sort of the we ordered it, of it from
1: from. The coffee coffee we ordered it through from uh, our we, sponsor we it through trade
2: coffee, trade trade coffee. sources yes. uh, I think they oh. source different trade uh, doesn't uh, make coffee around, yeah, well, they can make coffee
1: independently. I don't think they make the beans oh okay so uh, I, I I'm getting better at the French press now is it a slow, are you doing the slow plunge? I am letting it steep for, the for two or three minutes I, I, then i'm it, doing let it extract for another minute okay, or so. then I'm doing the slow plunge down and then i'm pouring and and i'm you know i'm i'm arriving at the amount of coffee I want relative to the water. So I've been happy with that. Let us start with a couple of things. First of all, Ash Barty, Ashley Barty, the best female tennis player in the world at this point, and maybe for a few years now. Yeah, last couple because of years. Because Serena hasn't won a major in a while. Yeah. She quit. She just said, I'm done. Now she's 25? Yes. So I don't, look, I'm sitting here saying now at my age, it's not going to surprise me even a little if she comes back. Not even a little. But she said, I've done what I wanted to do. And I got other stuff in my life that I want to do. Now, she won Wimbledon. That's the number one tournament. And then she won the second most important tournament for her, the Australian Open. Becoming the first woman in like 60 years to do that. Australian woman. Since Margaret Court, I assume. And maybe there was one other person. I'm not sure. Yeah, But it was a big deal for Ashley Barty and for the country of Australia. And now she says she quit. And I'm just going to draw a small parallel here to Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka seems tortured by everything that goes on around her in tennis. She seems unhappy. Even though she says she likes to play tennis, all the other things around her conspire to make her unhappy. And I wish her peace. And I'm not sure it's going to come in tennis for her. I'm not. It might. I hope so because she's a great tennis player. Ashley Barty walked away once before, came back, won, and is walking away again. Ashley Barty does not seem tortured by tennis. She seems to have taken tennis on the road to the end of the road for her. Again, might she come back? Sure. But I, I will say that when I saw that this morning, I
3: went, whoa. Right now you you know tennis. Yeah, I I it it came out of nowhere because as you said she's been the well, number one player for the last couple of years. Yeah. She just won Wimbledon, she just won the Australian yeah. Open. She's on top of everything. Uh, it was a little disconcerting sign that she she had pulled out of a lot of tournaments. She said, I, I need a recovery time after the Australian Open. But I would say if there's one player, and I've actually chatted with her um, about that sort of work-life balance. And she always seemed to be somebody that, that said, you know, I love tennis, but I'm not going to let it dominate me. Well, and I will use it for what I want to use it for. And then when I'm done with it, I'll move on. Uh, I won't be surprised either if she does no, come back because we're twenty five. We, we see so many athletes you come back do in that, a year, year and a half. But and I'll sit on both sides of the fence. I won't be surprised at all if she just walks away and says that was it for me. I had a great time, and now I'm going to live my life. And to echo what you said about Osaka, the first thing I thought of was like, I wonder if she'll look at this and say, you know what? Maybe I need to move on as well. Uh, and like you, I know. just wanted to be happy. I assume they are, if not friends, they know each other pretty well and have yes. chatted a lot.
1: Sure. And I wonder if Naomi Osaka would call Ashley Barty and say, talk to me. Yeah. Let me know. Okay. One other thing. Happy birthday, Ron Jaworski. Oh, yeah. It's birthday. Birthday. Jaws' birthday today. He does not listen to this show. <laughs> nobody he knows listens to this show, so nobody will tell him. But Jump I'm on saying it he doesn't it now. listen? Now, let me get to what was, and, and I'm gratified that this was our lead story on PTI yesterday. Phil Mickelson has apparently, he's not made an announcement, I don't think, Michael, but Augusta National said Phil Mickelson's not on the list. He's not playing. They haven't said that about Tiger Woods yet. He's still on the list
2: to play. That is up to the players. Uh, So what happened is this was very quietly done. The Masters includes a list of past champions who will not be participating because, as we all know, when you win the Masters, you get that lifetime invitation until they quietly tell you, I think it's time for you to sit this one out. Um, uh, But you look at this, it, it, it includes the older generation, and it also includes such troubled uh, people as Angel Cabrera, who are not playing for other reasons. Uh, But this was very quietly done. Tiger's on the list
1: of players who are still invited, eligible. That's right. That door has not been shut. So we'll talk now about Phil Mickelson, and I will tell you this. Yesterday, um, there were three or four different people who texted me repeatedly about Phil Mickelson. People don't know, they don't know each other. They are not friends. They texted me repeatedly, what is this? What do you think it is? Almost everyone thinks he has in some way been suspended. Now, I'm not saying I believe this, but the sort of uh, Vox Populi out there is that Phil has been suspended, been suspended by the tour, the Masters is going along with it, and this is what's going on sub-Rosa. Double secret probation. Yeah, double secret probation. Well, it would have to be double secret probation because the Masters is not obliged to to the PGA Tour in any way. The Masters is the most important golf tournament in the world. It's the one tournament people want to win. It's the one great major that has played at the same spot all the time. Everybody who watches golf at all knows everything about the course, you know, hole by hole. They know everything. All right. I sort of don't think that Phil's been suspended. I don't think that. Because even though the PGA Tour never announces suspensions, again, the Masters is so much more important, so much bigger than the PGA Tour, that the Masters, they don't, they don't have to say, we'll go along with you. They don't, they don't listen to you. The population of Augusta National are people, they are the, you know, the captains of industry. It's the C-suite. They're, yeah, they, they, they know business, they know politics. They are business, they are politics. Yeah, yes, they run the country. The
2: establishment,
3: yeah. They
1: run the country. They're not, not going to listen to somebody from the PGA Tour and <laughs> say, you know, we'd like to suspend Phil, why don't you help us out? You say, so what do you think
2: happened? So the idea of the double-secret probation becomes more complicated when Monaghan is sort of asked indirectly, hey, is is Phil suspended? Can he play this week? This is a few weeks back. And he goes, Phil hasn't talked to me. He can play whenever he wants. So you got the sense whether or not there was a secret suspension or not. If Phil picked up the phone, he could probably end whatever the terms were a little sooner. But I agree with you that that Augusta and the Masters itself – is run outside of the normal sphere of the Tour. Now, that doesn't mean that the Tour can't lean on them and say, just so you know, I think this is also in your best interest, in the best interest of world golf, to try and use the Greg Norman term of growing the game and becoming a worldwide game. So much of what the Masters has done as they steward this very important tournament over the last 10, 15 years is open it up to to different parts of the globe. We see the initiatives they've done with the Latin American amateur and the way that they were celebrating uh, Matsui yamas win last year so it, it it really is that worldwide and the women's amateur the women's amateur so they've weathered difficult storms before if you remember the the martha burke martha uh, burke you know stand iron my shirt where they allowed Make my lunch they they allowed the partners to to sort of step away from the broadcast for a couple they, of years and they just famously ran 54 <laughs> minutes of golf <laughs> coverage right. and then did their own sort of thing i mean this is something that's presented by ibm Coca Cola. These are these are the titans of American industry.
1: It ain't Applebee's, kids.
2: It isn't. <laughs> no, but you look at fun. Phil. So just on on the sort of fun Phil side, he's had some of the most memorable shots. When you think about his, I think it was the six iron maybe through the pine straw on thirteen. Yeah, uh, you've seen him with some. Almost amazing wins when he come
1: back to almost almost leave the ground when he jumped up after he made the, the putt most to important, win.
2: Even uh, you know even including his PGA Championship from last year. Again, we're two majors removed from him becoming the oldest male golfer to win a major. Uh, he had his his first
1: win there in 2004, where he does that jump. So let me let me speak to that because Wilbon yesterday. You know Wilbon's got a house in Arizona, and he's friendly with a bunch. Arizona's got golfers. They got pro golfers, they got guys on the tour, they got caddies and stuff like that. And Wilbon said, not only is Phil not going to play in the Masters, Phil's not even going to defend in the PGA, which I find impossible to believe. Me personally, I said that. I said, I think he's going to be in the PGA. But I don't know, you know, I don't know how this has happened. And with Phil... There is always, and what I'm going to say now is not just irresponsible but crazy, so pay no attention to it I'm listening <laughs> with Phil there's always the sense because you always hear about Phil and gambling, and you and there was the insider trading the stock insider trading issue that happened that's a that's a, an actual fact. you often wonder, is Phil under some sort of scrutiny? that we don't know about, that Phil is laying low for a while? We don't know this with him, with what he said about the Saudis. Does Phil feel physically threatened by what he said? It was Phil took a gut punch by the other players, particularly Rory McElroy, who has been, by the way, out there saying, you're welcome back whenever. Right. He, he whenever. definitely softened that. Yeah, I mean, Rory's been the one to extend the olive branch. And bridge. they
2: recognize how important Phil has been to the game. And this one tournament, you think you have the three wins, but you also have the sideshow that comes with Phil. Hey, I'm going to play the Masters with two different drivers. Right. Uh, oh, and man, a, a long sleeve shirt I'm gonna, and sunglasses. Yeah, I'm going to release my new Mizzen and Main shirt. And I'm going pl- to. I famously <laughs> never play with Tiger, but we'll do a practice round so you can take
1: photos. Phil is the most popular player with fans on tour. It's not close. People not pro golfers now i'm talking about the general public they love Phil Mickelson because of the way he plays and and this is where the
2: messaging could get lost on the general fan so to your point i i would hope that phil's not feeling physically threatened. I think there is the the behavioral question that is always up in the air with his past when it comes down to again companies that have helped him out of very sticky situations yes. with gambling, yes. his own personal interests when it comes to the the insider trading. So that that could be something to follow and and maybe the the industry leaders who are involved in Augusta National might be m- more aware of that than other tour officials or golf people. But if he's going to miss the PGA and, and nothing else has come up, because, again, the PGA is just right around the corner because they, 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 they move this the timeline, okay. uh, you start to lose the general fan who starts to wonder, is this, a, is this an example of, of just the tour exerting too much influence? It's, just a, it's a very complicated mess there.
1: Here's the one thing I'm certain of right now. We do not know the answer right now. We do not, and it is all speculative. But I'm telling you, that people who like golf, they're in a tizzy about this because they didn't. Nobody, nobody expected this. Nobody really expected this. The Masters? You thought you're going to bolt on the Masters? You thought that'd be the
2: the homecoming? I think we talked about it probably a month ago. You thought that'd be the homecoming where he's able to reintroduce himself to the game, and you're you're sort of allowed to gain that forgiveness. But just
1: one more thing, I would like to say in the Open. I went to the refugee Safeway yesterday. (laughs) And I went to buy some cottage cheese. Yeah, 4% I, large curd. Yeah, 4% Lucerne. large curd Lucerne. That's a Safeway brand. That's why I don't go anywhere else. I don't want Breakstone cottage cheese. Right. I want Lucerne cottage cheese. I have a big vat of cottage cheese here, but it's expired. I haven't it's, had it. It's expired. for another couple of weeks expired. for you. I understand, but it's been expired for a while. So you're past even your threshold. <laughs> With cottage cheese, yeah. <laughs> and if I open that, a mouse could come out. You scrape, scrape the top layer. Yeah. So I... Went to buy a new one. There was no cottage cheese in the Refugee Safeway. None. Not four ounces, not eight ounces, not 12 ounces, not with none. pineapple. not No, there was none. There was no Lucerne cottage cheese, leading me to fear that either the Lucerne brand is done, which I can't believe because it's Safeway, or that somehow Safeway would be discontinuing cottage cheese. They had none. But haven't haven't there been cycles where it's hard for you to find the exact you know,
2: the four the percent, yes. the large curd. Large curd. Because most people want the small curd.
1: I don't want the small
2: what, curd. so what time are you there? Eight in the morning. Okay. So normally do you think they're doing no, no. these are not this is not a big again, this this is no, the no. Safeway. This is a small it's the refugee safe way. They're not I don't think no they're food. doing overnight stocking for the cottage cheese. I'll
1: tell you one other thing too. I've been there now, it's like I'm going on six months to eight months. Baskin-Robbins makes one flavor I want, only one, coffee. The rest of their flavors you can stick in a pit. I don't care. I don't (laughs) like them. I don't want them. Right. They got every other flavor known to mankind in the refugee safeway except coffee. Can somebody tell me how to get Baskin-Robbins coffee? Because it's made with the formula of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's really good. It's really dark. It's, It's really good. Yeah, because so I'd be i be the mayor a safe way if <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. Well, you don't do is. have a
4: coupon,
2: but my question is, does that ever go on sale? Because whenever ice cream goes on sale, yeah. you have to be you have to be aggressive at the. Cool. They don't have
1: coffee. I go there all I go there twice a week. They never have coffee. So
2: for Liz, when 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 I find her Haagen Dazs, uh, it's the coffee chip for her. Yeah, got to buy six at a time. Well, it's it's worth fill it. the fridge. All yeah. right, that's it.
1: Um, who's going to join us first, Barry? Barry will join Barry's us. Barry's her when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast.
6: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony
4: Kornheiser Show.
1: This comes from Dylan McKay or Dylan McCaw. It's M C C A A. It could be McKay. Could be McCaw, I'm not sure. And he writes, I'd like to share some of the music I've made with you. My band is called The Big Kid Show, and here's a song I hope you like. It's called You Are Your Only Problem. And no, it isn't about you. <laughs> Meaning about me. So are we playing this in the background? Because I can't hear it. Yes, it is playing in the background. Okay. Yes. Again, this is the big kid show. You can listen to this at the end of the show. With better than me talking over it. Plays in Barry's Verluga, who is in Florida for spring training. There's a million things going on. Just a million things going on. You were at the tournament. I want to start with the tournament. The three things we have to get to are spring training the new coach at Maryland, and the tournament. So we'll start with the tournament and just ask your uh, initial impressions of the first and second round leading into the Sweet 16. And and I, I'm not suggesting you root for Duke because you went to Duke, but I am suggesting the probability that if Duke won, that would be pleasant to you because you went to Duke. And Duke now is it made its way to the Sweet 16. You've got him going out, I believe, in the next round. But, you know, what are your impressions of the tournament and Duke?
5: Well, let's start with the tournament broadly, and maybe you didn't get a, a true buzzer beater, but I, I feel like you have basically all the ingredients that you want from from a first weekend. You've got yes. a top seed going out, um, you know, in a dramatic, that Carolina-Baylor game was just fantastic in a lot of ways, because Carolina, this name brand in the down season with a new coach, built a 25-point lead, and then Baylor storms back and forces overtime, and then the team that loses momentum is not supposed to be able to survive over time, and Carolina does, down a couple players. So anyway, that was fabulous. St. Peter's, obviously, is the truest of wow. true uh, yep. Cinderella's through. So you have that ingredient. You've got, I think, what people would have said as were the two favorites in Arizona and Gonzaga, showing why, even as Arizona had to had to push through. And then you had, you know, the the – whether people like it or not, the kind of overarching storyline that is Mike Krzyzewski's last tournament um, in just a tremendous game uh, with a a great adversary, a longtime adversary, another Hall of Fame coach in Tom Izzo um, on Sunday evening. Uh, I think sprinkled over those 32 games was, you know, a little bit of every single ingredient that you want from, from the first weekend, just really, really fun. And then on Duke, I mean, um, you saw how hard they had to fight through you know down five late against against Michigan State. I think yes. Texas Tech is a, a, another level defensively that they're gonna have to face. and I, I while they have, you know, as we've talked about, um, individual talent, lottery pick talent, um, they do tend to rely on going one on one quite a bit. and I, you know I'm not sure that that's how they're going to be able to break down. Um, Texas Tech defense. So very, very difficult uh, draw on on a late um, Thursday night.
1: That's the only region where one, two, three, four survived. I watch Duke. I watch them carefully. Their entire game consists of four people being spread out around the three-point line and one kid in the middle who he flashes from side to side and they try to get a two-on-one matchup. I mean, that's all they do. Am I wrong on this? That's all they do. If I understand that, a good coach can stop them. That's all they do.
5: They are relying on, um, you know, over the course of time, uh, Krzyzewski has had these talented players, and he has said, you know, the best thing is is freedom for you. Create. Let them play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let them play. And that's that's a a freeing thing and a positive thing to sell a, a kid who's coming through there to go to the NBA, but it can make for ineffective basketball when you need to draw something up. Now, I will say at the it's not like he's incapable of drawing something up for these kids or they, they can't run that stuff. They did it at the end of the first half, a really nice set piece um, to, to go into halftime. And they also have a, a little bit of an X factor is this Mark Williams, the, the, the big guy, um, Block
1: shots. He's big. He's he blocked. He's
5: good. defensively. He is disruptive, and he also off yeah. the offensive glass yeah. um, can yeah. can get some putbacks. Um, I, it's a it's a it's a really interesting and good matchup. And if if Krzyzewski goes to a regional final, he will have earned it because um, it, it does not feel like it will be easy.
1: Yeah, it is. It is my great dream they show this every. I don't even know if it's stock footage or if it is game to game. They show Mike walking in with his wife, Mickey, and then they kiss, and then Mike goes away. And I would give anything to see if they just had a Mickey Krzyzewski look-alike, and the real Mickey <laughs> Krzyzewski was locked in a room, and Mike just went through this anyway and fooled everybody. That would make me happy. We move on to spring training. I will say this. When I found out yesterday that you were at spring training, I I was utterly unaware. You know, the combination of... The basketball and the free agency in baseball and football and and a torrent of news stories to talk about. It had slipped my mind completely that there was spring training. I have I had no sense of it. Did that happen to you as well? Yeah, it's the, the
5: flow of it, it because of the lockout is completely off kilter. I would have been down here prior to the tournament starting and probably would have been zeroed in more on basketball. But but you're trying to balance a busy spring schedule with the masters coming up. And when can I, you know, uh, when can I get down there with basketballs going on? And, and then, you know, I mean, I found myself really excited because um, not just because, you know, spring training is always fun and the players are very chill and you get good stories because guys are just kind of hanging out and it's just, it's much more relaxed than, than the regular season. But also, it struck me as I was headed flying down here last night that um, the last time I was at a normal spring training was in the week before the pandemic in 2020, um, yeah. and in the subsequent, there's just not been a face-to-face, hey, we're in the clubhouse, how are you? And then in that time, if we're talking about the Nationals specifically, and I, I don't have to write only about them, but I am, you know, hanging out here for most of the time, um, that clubhouse has turned over almost completely. So there's a, I think there's an introductory part of it for me, saying hi, Nelson Cruz. This is who I am. You'll you'll see me around not every day, but but sometimes. But also an introductory thing for readers because there are new characters and and this is a, a transitioning franchise and the the sport is going in a little bit of a different direction. So I think there's um, fun stories to tell uh i'm excited to to be down here um and you know it's it's like fish in a barrel like i'll, I'll be down here for five days or whatever and probably come back with 10 stories because it just uh yeah. that's that's the way this works
1: to be fair there's only one story for nats fans will juan they keep soto. juan soto right. will they keep him? now i did read today that they avoided arbitration uh, is that a very good sign? Does that mean Juan Soto and the Nats are on the right path, or, or is it just just no big deal at all?
5: Well, I, I mean, I think it's on the positive side of no big deal. I mean, yeah. You you, you okay. don't want to um, be at war uh, with your the right. guy that you're hoping to sign long term. I mean, my Tony, I wrote in November and 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 it, I did not do it flippantly. It's it, it spelled out. Um, you know, this guy should be a five hundred million dollar player. Uh, I have talked to other general managers who literally have said, I salivate at the idea of him becoming a free agent. You're going to have to lock me in a closet to try not to solve him. I mean, to sign him. He is viewed in the sport as a savant. He has skills as a hitter, not physical skills, but mental skills that are, are well beyond developed well beyond his age. Um, They are the kind of skills that aren't going to go away because it is a a Barry Bonds-like understanding of the strike zone and understanding
1: that... 100%. 100%. I mean, every time he complains about a strike call, he's right. He's got got laser vision. It's
5: unbelievable. It's like Wade Boggs' mastery, or Tony Gwynn's mastery of the strike zone with power. And at age 23, and not even at age 23, because he was doing it at... Age twenty one, and when, you know, the Nats blew up the the. He didn't have a great first half yet last year, but but when they blew up the team, um, and he was kind of the last man standing, uh, and he he wasn't going to get any pitches to hit. He was smart enough and disciplined enough to take a to bazillion walk. walks, and and Did. his on base percentage in the second Did. half was something north of four fifty. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I uh, but. So uh, your your point is correct, and it is the overarching thing, and, and it is a drum that I have to beat and beat and beat because, you know, if we were already in a situation where, you know, Bryce Harper walked, and we can debate that, the merits of that. They won the World Series the year after he walked. Anthony Rendon walked, and we can debate the merits of that because he's been hurt and not a good player um, since then, but... If Juan Soto walks in three years, um, that is a seismic problem for this franchise um, because they found him, they discovered him, they developed him, he is theirs. And you can't, for your fan base, it's very, very difficult to say we're going to keep developing and finding these players and you're going to have them for six years or seven years, and then you're never going to see them. You're going to have to wonder whether you boo or cheer them when they, when they return. And that applies to Trey Turner, who's now a Los Angeles Dodger and will be a, a, a free agent in the offseason. Um, but it would apply times you know whatever factor with Juan Soto because he's the one. He's the special one and yes. Yes. Uh, just a generational talent.
1: Yeah, and not getting on a motorcycle like Fernando Tatis. Not doing <laughs> we, we that. We would hope. Okay. We would hope. Yeah. One small note I'll add parenthetically. I know it's a very big surprise to you, Strasburg. Not necessarily ready for opening day. What a shocker. And we move on. You wrote a uh, really good column on Kevin Willard. Giving Kevin Willard credit, but also saying, is this the right hire? And, and the background for this, for people that don't understand it, that aren't from this particular area. Maryland's a basketball school. They're in the wrong conference. Everything they've done is wrong for quite some time. Football hires, basketball hires, everything. None of it has worked out in a way that you might have expected. My question to you about Kevin Willard. Kevin Willard comes from a small Catholic school background. He coached at Iona. He coached at Seton Hall. Maryland is a big public school. Kevin Willard said... Well, he just used the word swag 57 times yesterday. I mean, I I turned it off. It's enough. Stop. And I just wonder, I am told he's a very good coach, but in the same way that I wondered about Bronco Mendenhall going from Brigham Young University to the University of Virginia, if he understood the different rhythm of this, I wonder with Kevin Willard, am I wrong on that?
5: You know, I think the entire thing to me feels like a giant TBD. I mean, you could be 100% right, and you could be 100% wrong, and I don't know that there's any way to tell. And that's a little bit of the unsettling thing about all this. I mean, I think the discussion of the hiring of Kevin Willard um, in kind of inevitably and immediately leads to the discussion of, okay, what kind of job is Maryland? Maryland is a program that Gary Williams, you know, very famously not only coached back-to-back Final Fours in a national championship, but in that run, there were seven Sweet 16 appearances in, in 11 seasons. That's that's what Maryland fans expect. And, and go back even further. That's why he's
1: in the Hall the, of the, Fame.
5: Yeah, and, yeah, and, and but go back further, and Lefty Drizzel, um made it a place to play, and Len yes. Bias, this, the, there is tragedy in the Len Bias story. It is a tragedy, but prior to the tragedy... It was, you know, an incredibly exciting program with great players. Um, and, and that is what, if you're a Maryland fan, that is the feeling that you want. You want that feeling of possibility. You want that, hey, we're, we came out of the second, uh, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and people are talking about us because we might be a factor in the second weekend. That has only happened once. In the last 19 years, one Sweet 16 appearance in the last 19 years, which is an unacceptable result, regardless of the conference and regardless of the other factors, um, that can't be the discussion for for Maryland basketball. So then you get back to Kevin Willard and, and what guarantees do you have that he is the right person to change that kind of outcome. You have, you have zero uh, guarantees. Now, I don't know who, who I would be sitting here saying, OK, that's absolutely a home run. Um, maybe it's, you know, the guy from Murray State who had established himself and Coach John Morant and, and um, you know, a, a, was a real up and comer and a riser. But I think there was a, a, a time when um, Maryland being a basketball school in a basketball conference, the Atlantic Coast Conference, um, was a destination for coaches or could have been viewed as a destination for hot coaches. And now in the Big Ten, kind of still out of place, even though it's been um, coming up on a, on a decade, um, a, a guy like Nate Oates at Alabama, Alabama, a football school in a football conference would look at Maryland and say, well, why would I leave like this really well-funded athletic department um, where I don't have the pressure of being the primary sport? Um, you know, why would I leave for Maryland? I, and I'm not saying they pursued him, but it, that kind of 10 years ago, that kind of prominent established coach from a major conference program would have been the kind of guy that Maryland could pursue. I don't think it feels like. That's where they are now, um, and Kevin Willard feels, he's a, I'm sure he is a good coach, he feels like a coin toss uh, in that job.
1: Agreed. Totally agreed. And I wish him all the luck in the world, you know. I hope he For stops sure. using the word swag. <laughs> I hope he stops that. But, it, but, you know, that's a tribute to Gary. So, I mean, from a sort of political and social standpoint, it was the right thing to say. Uh, enjoy yourself. We'll talk while you're away. Thanks.
5: Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it
1: barry's for it's a wonderful piece if you haven't read the piece you know it's a really good column uh we will take a break richard justice will join us when we return i'm tony kornheiser
5: check out our new nba show beyond the arc part of the cbs sports podcast network where you can find me john gonzalez nba insider bill Ryder, and ashley nicole moss five days a week talking all things nba whether you're looking for insightful discussions upbeat commentary breaking news interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
6: You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. I've been
0: waiting for a sign.
1: This is a song called Lead Me to the Light. a girl called Emma Torncello or Torncello. I'm not exactly sure how it's pronounced. Her father, Peter, writes, Some years ago, I submitted the song I'm Lucky by my daughter, Emma, Torn- Emma Torncello, who wrote and recorded the tune while in high school in upstate New York. Along with the song, I recounted my adventures traveling to D.C. to watch my younger daughter, Eva, play lacrosse against Georgetown University and visiting a number of Mr. Tony hotspots, including Chatter and Calvert-Woodley Wines and Spirits. I also included an admittedly cheap-shotted Saliza, for which I now publicly apologize. <laughs> Today I'm forwarding a newer song by Emma, who wrote, recorded, and produced the single Lead Me <coughs> to the Light. She provides lead and backup vocals, as well as playing all instruments on the song. Incidentally, she's also a 2021 graduate of the Miller School of Medicine at the University of Miami, and currently goes by Dr. Emma Torncello MD, a first-year psychiatry resident at the University of New Mexico Medical Hospital in Albuquerque. Thank you. Hope you enjoy. One more thing, Edith Silliza. <laughs> what kind of talent are we talking about here? It's pretty astonishing, isn't it? Why does everybody who becomes a doctor also play music? <laughs> like Ian Warrington. Maybe she can tell me if it's safe to tape my mouth shut at night like I tried. Wow. Wow. Michael, if people like Peter Torncello want to submit music by their children, how do they do it?
2: Please send us some music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornheisershow.com.
1: Richard Justice joins us now. Can you, uh, like, can you imagine if your child had that kind of talent, Richie? I mean, just, <laughs> uh, luckily, just, uh, wow. no, I
6: can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to a guy yesterday. He says, "You know, my kids now going to grad school, talking about getting a PhD." I said, "You should have been like me. You should have had dumb kids."
1: Yeah, it's like when when Pat Forty comes on and his daughter's an Olympian medalist and going to be a doctor and going to the Peace Corps.
6: Yeah, I thought about that with Pat. Like, my kid swam in nationals in Orlando, her first national race. And um, when the gun sounded, she just stood there on the blocks looking around. The last thing I saw that (laughs) day was her mother chasing her out through the Orlando YMCA um, in the parking lot.
1: This is what happens. My son, who I love dearly, who's sitting make six coffee. feet from me, my son taped his mouth
2: shut last night. Tell that. I, I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to breathe through my nose. So I got
1: mouth tape. and now I was
2: pleasantly surprised to wake up at all.
1: <laughs> all right. Lots of things to talk to Richie about. Lots of things. Let me start. Let me just start with Baseball Free Agency and somebody you covered and somebody you know well. A great shortstop. Carlos Correa of the Houston Astros has gone to the Twins, to the Twins. And I write when I write the question, I write three question marks after that. Because the Twins don't strike me as a team ready to compete, you know, for the World Series. What, did, what do people in Houston make of this?
6: People in Houston are, for the first time in the, the owner, Jim, owner Jim Crane's era, saying, hey, you screwed this one up. But I think when you deal with Scott Boros, there's always going to be some frustration. I think last week the Astros just said, "Hey, enough of this. Well, you know, we we've, we've tried different ways to sign this guy, and they ended up not even making a final offer. And as I understand it, maybe not even returning his calls." At the end, the Twins got a call on Friday night. Hey, you want Carlos Correa for one year? And they said, "Hey, we're in." You know, they. I mean, the, the, one of the stories the lines of this offseason is that there's fewer teams tanking and. 10 teams gave contracts worth $100 million. But anyway, they called and said, would you want him for one year? And they said, absolutely. And so they put two more years in there just in case he suffers a, a catastrophic injury or something like that. But basically, it's a one-year contract. There's opt-outs after the first two years. This is Scott Boris playing the long game, hoping the market will be better. You know, what uh, uh, Corey Seager got in, Arlen- in Texas Uh, 10 years, 325. That was the the ballpark he was in, and the market just wasn't there. They just couldn't get it out of the Dodgers. The Dodgers went for Freddie Freeman. The Yankees went. Yankees spent money this offseason, but they're getting roasted pretty good for not signing Correa. uh, And so you try again next year. But they have, yeah, you asked me about this. This guy was drafted at, I think, 18. Uh, He taught himself English. He grew up in Puerto Rico. He taught himself English in like six months He's an extraordinary player. He's an extraordinary personality. Gets, you know, there are certain guys that get it. He gets it in in every way. And uh, he's he's a it was a huge part of what the Astros did three World Series in the last five years. And he made himself part of the problem was he made himself one of the faces of the science stealing scandal by coming out and really the only player came out and vociferously said basically, hey. F you guys. We're pretty good anyway. Maybe we did this. You don't know everything that went on with other teams. Blah, blah, blah. And that turned off uh, some clubhouses in Los Angeles and New York. And that I don't know if it contributed, but it may have.
1: There are two people left that everybody knows from those teams. There's Bregman and Altuve. Right. Do you expect them to leave as well?
6: They're signed up. You know, one of the things you have is you can't probably – when you have great players, you can't keep everybody. They're signed up for a couple of more years. Verlander mm-hmm. signed up for, I think, two more years. But they've had a, a big exodus of talent, you know, in George Springer and Garrett Cole and now in Carlos Correa. And it, at some point it catches up with you, I would assume. I, I think they're pretty good this year. And, you know, they've made trades. You make a bunch of trades, trade deadline deals, and it decimates your farm system. So they're at a point where the big league team is pretty good, uh, probably the best in the American League West. I don't know how much that – how much that – how what that gets you in October. Um, but uh, the underpinnings are not there anymore. But that's to be – you know, to be expected. They've had great runs since 2017. I think they've won like 30 more games, regular season games, than any other American League team. It's been a good time to be a, a baseball fan in yeah.
1: Houston. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers are the best team in the National League because <laughs> of Freddie Freeman. uh the Braves made a calculation. The Braves went and got Matt Olsen, who may have Freddie Freeman's numbers. Uh, Matt Olsen can hit. I don't think he'll have Freddie Freeman's presence. But the Braves made a calculation. We're not getting Albert Pujols. We're not getting Chris Davis. We're not getting Miggy Cabrera. I'm sorry, you can walk. And he walked. What do you expect the result to be for both teams?
6: I think the Dodgers are going to have one of the best lineups we've ever seen. With uh, oh, Trey Turner yeah. in there oh, now with oh. the guys that they had. Um, it is fantastic, and Freddie Freeman looks pretty good in the Dodgers uniform. Now, it's going to take some getting used to. That's part of this offseason. Freddie Freeman's wearing a Dodgers uniform. The Braves let this guy walk. In the rebuild of the Braves the last few years, there's been no player more important to him. You know, I, I said Correa gets it. Nobody gets it more than Freddie Freeman does in terms of leadership on the clubhouse, work in the community. I mean, I just couldn't imagine Freddie Freeman playing ever playing another game outside uh, of Me the neither. Atlanta organization. Me and he, and the, you're yeah. right. They made a calculation, and yeah. they gave up a bunch of prospects to get Matt And The, the uh, A's are doing one of their fire sale things. And then the Braves signed. They got roasted. They signed, immediately signed uh, Matt Olson to a contract extension. He's a local kid. And then they trade for Kenley Jansen. The idea that Kenley Jansen's going to be wearing another uniform other than the Dodgers that's bizarre to me, and uh, but we'll see. And, and, and still, what, what what has come of it is both Atlanta and and uh, the Dodgers are, you know, probably headed on a collision course in the yes. playoffs. Although the Mets have elevated themselves right to the top of the heap.
1: So I'll ask one more baseball question and get out. And it's a question. Not everybody would, would have on the top of the radar because Colorado Rockies are not on the top of anybody's radar. But what in God's name are they doing? They got rid of the best third baseman in in the game, in Nolan Arenado, and then they signed Chris Bryant to a huge contract, and Trevor Story is going, what are they doing?
6: I think the Rockies and Diamondbacks are similar in that they do a lot of things. You go, what the heck are they thinking? Uh, not yeah. so much the Diamondbacks anymore, but the Rockies— you, you have a fire sale for the maybe the second most popular player you've ever had, and then you give a, this mo- money, all this money to Chris Bryant. Um, I, I, they're not ready to contend, and, no. and what you're gonna, probably going to see is that they will tear it down. They will tear it down again in a year and then build it back up. and it just seems like m- spending money without a plan. I love Chris Bryant. Um, I don't exactly know where he's going to play there. If it's going to be in the outfield, some games in the outfield, and he can. Whoa, Tony, that's a big outfield to play in, and it stresses players out. stresses their legs and their bodies and all of that. We'll see how that works out.
1: Uh, As big a story as Carlos Correa leaving Houston is, it can't be as big a story as Deshaun Watson leaving Houston. What is the reaction around the city to Deshaun Watson leaving in the way that he left?
6: Finally. That's it. Move on. Um, it's been the most one of the most bizarre stories you can imagine. Two years ago, this guy was a top five quarterback in the NFL. He Absolutely. was the hope. You know, when you have a great quarterback, you remember you and I grew up watching Dan Marino and the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins weren't very good, but Marino gave him a chance to win every every game, and that's the way it was with Deshaun Watson. He would be firing at the end. I mean. Is people don't know because the Texans are so off the radar. This guy is a really good player. And he had the city in the palm of his hand, and it all came apart with these uh, 20. He now has 22 civil suits against him with massage therapists accusing him of sexual assault. And uh, he, he, the grand, a grand jury uh, did not indict him, and did he that was surprise not going to go to the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he, he was down to the right. Saints or the Falcons, and I think all of us here thought he, he would go to the, to the Falcons. He had, he had relationships there. And basically the Browns came in and said, how about $238 million, Sam? Would that change your mind? Would Cleveland look a little better and guaranteed the whole thing? He, he, they've got a great quarterback. But how you sell it to your fan base? How you sell it to women? And really, that's insulting. How do you sell it to men? How do you sell it to human beings? What this guy is accused of doing. That's a tough one. But I think from the Texans' standpoint, they got three number one picks for him. They have a new general manager a year ago. They hired Nick Casario from um, from the, from from the Patriots. So you can move on and try to build a team. They have a young quarterback from Stanford, Zach Davis. He's pretty good. Um, I think I just mispronounced it. I think I just got his name wrong. But um,
1: It's Davis somebody or other. Davis Riley, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something like Zach, that. Uh,
6: but um, It's not
1: Zach Davis.
6: It's Davis. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't Davis know. Riley, maybe.
6: <laughs> Nigel, look <laughs> him up. He's yeah, a anyway, quarterback. But yeah, so now you try to build your team, and then they got a long way to go. They're still not very good, but this is how you do it. And at least now you don't have that specter. Tony, last year at camp, he was showing up at camp, you know, to fulfill his part every the- day. Right, every and day. then they finally just sent him away, like it's you know because the coaches just got tired of, and the players got tired every day of going, "What about Deshaun? What about Deshaun? When are you going to let him play?" Blah blah blah, and I, so you know the, of the all that money he's getting, it's a one million um, dollar base in twenty twenty two, so I think that tells you he expects to be suspended.
1: It's Davis Mills, by the way. Davis Riley, I think, Dave. is a golfer, but the quarterback is Davis Mills. <laughs> Davis Mills, Mills from Stanford. played pretty well at times last year. Yeah. Were the people in Houston surprised that he was not charged criminally? Because the moment he was not charged criminally, five teams jumped in and said, right. we'll take you right now. Were they surprised I the, at that? Uh,
6: I, I think the, the story played out so publicly with the attorney for the accusers is a local political gadfly. Named Busby. Boney Busby. And that... I think there was some surprise because he had been so out front he did this he did this he did this now uh, Deshaun hired a very high profile attorney too Rusty Harden he represented Clemens yeah. in the steroid thing and um it, it 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 was like we saw it in slow motion come, you know across the TV screens so I do think I think people thought he would be criminally charged and but it after that it everything unfolded so quickly I mean, he was gone oh. in a matter of days, and uh, they, did, they didn't mess around. And teams, teams. Re- I, I don't know if you're surprised, but I, I was surprised that the market for him. And I guess it tells you how valuable a franchise quarterback is. I mean, the market was heated for him, and, and the, the the price had been established. They were going to get three number ones for him, or they weren't going to do the deal. Hmm. And Nick Casario never backed off as it flirted with the Dolphins and other teams, and he got it.
1: I will say this that it is hard for me to believe that with 22 lawsuits they're all made of straw that's right. hard for me to believe now maybe they are mr busby does not have the greatest reputation in the world among other lawyers or in the city of houston <laughs> he likes so TV cameras, maybe though. yeah maybe this is maybe this is trumped up I, I i mean i don't know i don't believe it right now but if well, those lawsuits disappear if they disappear if there's payment or whatever and non-disclosure agreements or they're just gone, one of them goes to court and it doesn't work, and so all the others fold, if that happens, I still believe that the NFL will suspend Deshaun Watson for some point this year, and obviously that's how the contract is written, right, Richard? Right,
6: 100%. He, he I think he expects yeah. to be suspended. You know, and you... you the thing is, why didn't these go away? Why didn't you reach out to a financial settlement? And my read from the outside—obviously, I'm not in on the negotiations. He set for one deposition. He now may have to set set for 21 more depositions. And that—that um, that it does not seem that Deshaun Watson's camp, uh, i.e., Tony Busby, was really looking for a settlement. They were looking to just—they were just. Looking to clear, I mean, he just said, I didn't do any of these things. I'm not settling. You know, I have a, a guy that went to Deshaun Watson at one point and said, Why don't you just come back to the Texans? This is the only city where you have any credibility. You have some equity. Yeah. You know how it is. Sports fans want to like the guy. Make these things go away, and maybe you can restart your career. I mean, there's going to be a stain on you. You're never going to get get away from. And he just said, no, I'm not, I'm not playing there anymore. They promised me I'd have a hand in the hiring of the GM and I'm not coming back there. And that, that was the end of it. I mean, I don't know if uh, he may have set a world record for screwing up a great reputation and maybe a career. We'll see. I mean, we'll we'll see, but I can't imagine Browns fans don't have some voice in their head going, really? We want to be part of this guy.
1: I think if you come back, and I think everyone should have a second chance. He didn't, you know, this is not murder. It's terrible what he did, but it's not something, obviously, he's being charged criminally with. He's not being charged. If he gets a second chance, I hope it's sort of like Michael Vick, where Michael Vick came back with contrition. But I don't see that now, although on the other hand, Richard, why would you you be contrite now if you're taking the position for legal purposes that you didn't do any of these things?
6: Right, but I would say even what you have admitted to, some consensual sexual acts with massage therapists, that's pretty tawdry right there. And uh, what you've admitted to uh, is bad enough that your reputation, you're never going to get your reputation back. Now, Michael Vick got his back because he... Fell on his he said, sword and um, said, "What I did." I'm was sorry, I
1: did the wrong thing. I did right. a terrible thing. I am thing. a yes, that different was, yes. human
6: being today than I was yesterday. Yes. But Deshaun Watson is not even close to that.
1: Right. All right. Um, your hometown team, Houston, are they going to win? Win Houston, Texas Tech.
6: I'm telling you, Tony, I've watched more college basketball this year than the last 10 years combined. The Big 12 is a monster tournament. Texas Tech is yeah. one of the most entertaining teams you'll ever see. You know, they hired this guy a year ago, 64 years old, Mark Adams. They got eight transfers. They play defense like you've never seen it. And Houston lost their two best players after going to the Final Four last year. And what it proves is Kelvin Sampson is one great He's good. basketball coach you got to watch them they play with such heart encourage texas tech and houston oh my gosh texas is out baylor's out tcu got out in a very tough loss to arizona
3: that arizona. They will, they will
6: sting for a while but these two teams are unbelievably fun to watch texas Tech and
1: houston you got texas tech beating duke
6: uh, I do have Texas Tech beating Duke, and uh, it's it's a great story. Coach K at 33, 32, what, became the coach at Duke. And Mark Adams, the coach at Texas Tech, he was coached at Clarendon College and Howard College and all these little places and uh, got his break when Chris Beard hired him as an assistant. And he is a defensive guru. He's 65 years old. Guy is the definition of a great coach who communicates with players and took these eight transfers, and they had two returning guys that are pretty prominent, um, that took them and molded a team that plays with one heartbeat. Man, I I saw the Montana State coach said after the game, he goes, you see it on film, their defense, uh, but you have to see it in person to fully understand it. He goes, I couldn't even look at my play card. I felt like they were guarding me. They give you no room to breathe, and it's an amazing thing to watch that they do it for a whole game.
1: Look at you, college basketball oh expert at the moment. That's so great.
6: It has been so much fun to, to watch the, these, these Big 12 teams play, even teams like Oklahoma and uh, Oklahoma State that didn't make the tournament. Oh, they were so – they played at such a high level.
1: You're going to end up like Kindred following a girls' basketball team for years. You're going to end up just <laughs> I, I, like Kindred. I,
6: I've watched that 60-minute segment again. Yeah. I've thought about that. That's, that's my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank, thanks. Richard Justice, boys and girls. Uh, email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening
6: to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Is that a squeeze box? I was, yes. An Sounds accordion. like a squeeze box. Doesn't yes. It? That is Kelly Vickstrom Hoyt
3: playing the accordion. Yeah. Fan- lovely. Fantastic. Just lovely. Uh, you want to do the Bethesda Bagels, ad? I would love to. Thank you. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com, forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That will just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, I heard some people talking
1: just the other day, and they said you were going to put me on a shelf. But let me tell you, I got some news for you, and you'll soon find out it's true. And then you'll have to eat your lunch all by yourself. And I believe those are the Eagles. I think so. I you know. think so. I believe that's a Glenn Fry lead. I believe <laughs> <Yeah>. that's true. <laughs> Thank. Thanks to our fabulous guests today, Barry's Verluga and Richard Justice. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, X Chair and True Bill. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. And don't forget the That's It on Boiling Egg magnet, complete with recipe.
2: Yes. So go check that out at uh, shop.tonicronizoshow.com. And Rob has also arranged for some new um,
1: tumblers, uh, water tumblers. Do we do we sell anything? Do you know, people th- buy stuff occasionally? That's a good question. Yes, they do. Okay, that's wonderful. From Dan Fahey uh, from Boston, not Rivera. <laughs> I heard you and Wilbon discussing how Tom Brady's discussions with his wife were probably similar to ones that you have both had with your significant others. This got me thinking. Has Tom Brady just considered working from his attic for an extended <laughs> period of time? I hear you can get a good deal on an X chair these that days. That segment did not go over well in my house. <laughs> from uh, from Stan. Okay. It's not actually Stan, but it's actually Perry Hubbard. But anyway, now that the show is no longer looking for emails about hometown famous people, I feel like it is safe to send this email. I grew up in New Orleans, and the list of famous people from New Orleans is too long. So this email is only about the connective tissue with one famous person from New Orleans, Peyton Manning. I was listening to your show last week that talked about how Jim Brown was a great basketball player. Probably not surprising, so was Peyton Manning. I was on a basketball team with Peyton Manning in second or third grade. The league was Carrollton Boosters, and Archie Manning was our coach. Peyton was great, and through no contributions of mine, we won the championship. The funny part, my mom used to complain that Peyton didn't pass the ball. I don't think this is true, and I'm sure if I asked Peyton or Archie for the ball more, I would have gotten it. The truth is, if Peyton passed me the ball, I would have passed it right back. I would have been confused. Why are you giving me the ball when you can score at will? Anyway, it was a great experience. Peyton and his dad were always super nice. When my mom started grumbling about my touches, second to third grade touches, I made it clear the best thing I could do was quickly get the ball to Peyton. And at the end of the season, my shiny first place trophy was proof I was right. Yours truly, Stan. This is the name Peyton would most likely remember me by. Years later at a party for baseball players, one of the older kids, a Manning looked at me and said, don't tell me this kid's name. I'm going to call him Stan. And it stuck. <laughs> From Josh it's like Gram- a continuation Cromwell, continuation of the Peyton on SNL sketch. Peyton Manning, <laughs> you always hear good things. Yes. Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi. There's no disputing that Tom Brady is the goat now. He even broke Brett Favre's single-season record for retiring and unretiring quickly, which I believe was totally unassailable. Um, from Tim in Brooklyn, are we doing our favorite petty thefts now? I once walked out of Shaw's in Boston with about six beefsteak tomatoes without paying for them. Felt so guilty that I tried to return them. My slightly overactive mother convinced me not to, insisting, What are you, nuts? You can go to jail. Just don't do it again, you idiot. That's it. Excited to see how this new game escalates to admissions of arson, assault, fraud, and other federal offenses. Tim in Brooklyn. P.S. to my lovely wife Chantal, who's going to appreciate the angry guy from Long Island who yells too much. Eat it. Uh, Mike in Fairfax, Virginia. Last year, Dr. Hoffoff gave us multiple updates about the cicadas. In 2022, maybe it's time to talk about the impending Joro spider invasion. Juros are native to Asia, but in 2013, a few of them decided to take in the masters. So they jumped on a container ship headed for Georgia. They liked the state so much, they decided to stay. A few years later, their population has exploded, and they're expected to ride the winds up the East Coast, possibly as far as New England. Joros, is it Joros or Euros? I think it's Joros. Joros are about the size of the palm of your hand. Yes. Yes, several inches across, and apparently spin webs up to 10 feet in diameter. They're allegedly harmless, despite being large enough to carry off the hammock. Unlike the cicadas that left us after a few noisy weeks, the Joros will be here to stay. I expect Saliza has already sold his house and is moving to California. Well, this is great because Bootsy and the Hammer are now in a
2: Spider-Man phase, so I'm sure he's going to go outside and offer himself. Yeah, that's a Stephen
1: Good in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Your boy, the Beltway Mitterrand, is returning to the Nationals on a one-year Major League deal. I guess you no longer have to worry about how to fill an opening segment <laughs> on a Thursday show once MLB begins. Yeah, what's your Thursday show? I can already feel the anger and hear the fists. <laughs> Pounding on the table. From Jim Fleming in Garrett Park, Maryland. During the Indochino read the other day, you asked Nigel if he has initials in his suit. And he said he does not because he doesn't want people to know who he is. May I suggest a strategy that would throw people off further from the scent? Use someone else's initials. You might start with the initials DG. Um, From Vegas Mickey. Mickey in Las Vegas. Yes. Dear Mr. Tony, I'm a woman and your age and I'm a faithful little. Last Friday, you stated that cologne was dead, and nobody wears it anymore. In 2021, the fragrance industry generated $33.69 billion. That ain't hay, and I just couldn't let your statement go unchallenged. Perfume accounts for a large percentage of all retail sales in the country. Love the pod. You're simply the best. Shout out to Polo Blue Circuit 2002. (laughs) <laughs> but I would, what I was saying was men's cologne men's had cologne. hit the skids. Yeah, I it, don't know women's no women's fragrances are still, still very much out. From yet. CG from SS in Maryland, which I assume is Silver Spring. Um, on a cold winter night in the mid nineteen sixties, Charlie A, John M, and I struck out at midnight and rolled a DKW sedan from its owner's driveway. What is a DKW? What does that mean? Not sure. Sedan from that. its owner's driveway down Blue. Water Hill Road and left it in front of the Minuteman statue at the intersection of South Campo Road and Soundview Drive. Now that I've got that off my chest to the guy who planted Jimmy Hoffa under Giant Stadium in the Meadowlands, it's your turn, dude. Oh, it's this car that I don't even know what it is. P.S. Charlie disappeared in Arizona sometime in the 80s, and John ended up managing apartments south of the Mason-Dixon line. I doubt they're littles, but no last names just in case. From Brendan Costello who we love so much, even when he was Brendan Boker, we loved him as well, in Lexington. Once when I was a kid, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. No, 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 that's Johnny Cash. That's Johnny Cash, That's Johnny Cash, that's not Johnny. (laughs) Noah, in Austin, with the mailbag seeming to have magic statute of limitations powers, I decided it was time to come clean along with the rest of us klepto littles. It was a busy night my senior year in college at Garcia Brogan's, a Mexican-Irish fusion bar in Waltham, Massachusetts. Yes, you read that right. After a drink or five, it was time to head home, and I accompanied a friend to the bar to close his tab while others in the group went outside to meet the Uber. Upon approaching the sprawling bar, I found myself face-to-face with a stack of brand new Herradura tequila bar mats. It being one of my favorite tequilas, and me being in an altered state of mind, I could only think, surely they don't need all of these bar mats. And before I knew what I was doing, the top mat was at my side beneath my sweatshirt. I looked from side to side, trying to not look guilty while also seeing if I was spotted. All of a sudden, the friend I was with was tugging at me, pulling me out of the bar. I didn't understand what his rush was until we got outside, and he revealed what was literally up his sleeve. He had taken the second mat off the stack. (laughs) By the way, what's the penance for these confessions? Should I recite two, I hate pumpkins, or one, who's your favorite pitcher? (laughs) Sure, sir. Uh, Catherine Fahey in Chicago. My boyfriend recently purchased a Subaru. When should I dump him? <laughs> Probably right now. I From think. Robert Bob Thompson. From Bobby Thompson. Not that Bobby Thompson. Boise State looks like they're all in their 30s, but they played like they were in their 60s. Why did I pick this year to listen to Spike? <laughs> Bill Pitcher. Isn't he our organist, Bill Pitcher? I think he is, yes. From Quarryville, Pennsylvania. I always thought it was clowns in my coffee, and I didn't question it because clowns are scary. <laughs> no, it's and it's it's... Clouds, but it should be grounds. Brett from Kingston simply writes, "I'll hang up and listen." That's funny. From Chuck Elias in South Hadley, Massachusetts. If you didn't like Applebee's use of the Cheers theme song, you're really going to hate Airbnb using the Beatles in My Life. I hope I've triggered a 12 minute rant. I haven't heard that yet. I'm not a fan of Airbnb. I'm I'm not.
3: No. Um, This
1: is from Mark Schaefer. I was inspired after hearing you say you should use the phrase "satis." I was. You should use the phrase Sardis Ulboni on a crest and decided to give it a try. I'm enclosing a draft crest with the title Tony a Show in Latin, the eagle clutching a golf club and a microphone, the year of the show's founding in Roman numerals and the motto, Enough Wilbon. I'm not sure how Gretchen Wu spells Wilbon in Latin, so I guessed. I'm happy to edit as necessary. Let me see, and by the way, the first vowel in sa- Satis is a long ah sound. Not an Anasso, it's SAD. Sadis. Sadis will burn Oh, this is great. Didn't Isn't that lovely? You? Just show that to Can we icon. get
2: this printed and put it behind you on PTI?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love to do. That. Put it next <laughs> to your, uh, your camp signs. <laughs> From Chris Bay or By in Carmel, Indiana, because it's Birch Bay, so maybe that's the family. Uh, this morning I was listening to Wednesday's pod last week while walking through downtown Indianapolis on the way to my first meeting of the day. As I turned from Market Street up Illinois Avenue, I heard you and Nigel discussing the merits of the different versions of Land of a Thousand Dances. Exactly 30 seconds later, I passed a large Dodge Ram Ram, with the windows rolled down and out came this sound. One, two, three. One, two, three, clearly the start of the Wilson Pickett classic and superior version of the song you were discussing a moment before. Just as I was getting excited, the jerk changed the station <laughs> as if this classic <laughs> tune wasn't good enough for him. He drove off before I could get his plate number, and he didn't even give me the satisfaction of being a Subaru driver. From Andrew Stoller in Steamboat Springs, which I believe is in Colorado. Yes. Right, 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 left, 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 right. Blackmouth Cur, 58 pounds, eight outlets. Steamboat Springs, 12,000 people. 100 Winter Olympians and counting. Absolutely. Skiers. Got to thank. Absolutely. Steamboat Springs. Absolutely. And, um... From Nephthali Rivera in Elido, Texas, watching the epic, using that term loosely, opening round between Indiana and Wyoming. And I couldn't help but notice Wyoming's all-time record in the NCAA tournament is 9-20. and And that's when I said to no one in particular, <laughs> hey, I know that record. Does that count as a David Aldridge moment? Being a loyal little since my sophomore year of college in 2009. Thank you for everything and all you and your amazing crew do. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear what?
5: you know they all get involved and they all got their gear already and no, so they're going to be all colored up in the, <laughs> yeah.
1: in the maroon and black and yellow yeah, dope <laughs>
0: uh,